you, you might even get us talking about stuff. It's possible. So I think I'll start us off by saying hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mac Show. I'm Jeff Gamet. I'm your interim host, sitting in for you and Rankin, and uh, it's great to be here today. We had uh, uh, some weird tech issues getting started today, but you don't need to know that because it's all working now. So yay, technology. Wow. Diction is hard sometimes. <sighs> okay, here we go. Um, yeah, it's Friday morning. I have my tea. It's going to kick in shortly. And I get to hang out with cool people. Speaking of those cool people, Chuck, how are you? I'm great, Jeff. And it seems only appropriate that we would have weird technology problems because we're weird technology people. Yeah. This absolutely stands to reason. Yep. Yep. Oh, cool. All right. And uh, Ben, how are you? Eh, not bad. Excited for Friday. Right? It's I, I feel like it's a it's a weird Friday. And um I blame that on lack of sleep, getting up at two in the morning to replace a smoke alarm battery, uh multiple days of having to get up at uh, uh criminally early hours, and here we are. So Finally, get to do something fun, and um, and then I pretend yeah, like other... I'm going to kick back for the rest of the day. But no, that's not going to happen. Yep. Also, reasons people might be up at two a.m. Right? Yeah. Uh, my office manager was not pleased with the uh, the two a.m. wake up call. Mm-hmm. Not pleased at all. Yeah. And mine wasn't wasn't pleased that I was asleep. Well, then I guess uh, my problem was easier to fix than yours because I actually had a spare nine volt battery sitting around just in case this happened. So does it does it also feel like any you're off a little bit because of the the twenty ninth day of February? Yes, there's no good reason that that should affect anything, and yet. It seems to have for a lot of people, and it's, I guess because I've heard them talking about it, I feel like I'm a little off. That's well, very Chuck, strange. I didn't want to have to be the one to bring that up, but you know, now that but, you mention it. <laughs> thank you for your support, Jeff. I've got your back. Yeah. 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 Also, happy meteorological spring. Uh, yeah, that's true. Too. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's spring. Which means that since it's Colorado, we're most likely going to start getting some serious snow. Yay, weather. All right. Well, as long as we're here and we're pretending like we're doing the Mac show, we should probably hit the obligatory story. And uh, um, here we go. Uh, Speaking of which. Mm hmm. Um, I actually have some breaking news that I will put in the internal chat here. Oh, well. That we'll talk we'll talk about after the death of the car. And uh oh, all right, there we go. So let's start with the car <clears throat> and then hop on to the breaking news that, that Ben just dropped on us. And uh cool. All right, so the car story. Uh, the Apple car project, Project Titan, is no more. Now, I'd say it's officially canceled, but it was never officially confirmed. So you can't officially cancel something that you haven't ever confirmed. But uh, um, the, the word is that, yes, it's, it's actually really uh, dead now. And people from the project are being uh, reassigned to Apple's artificial intelligence um, uh, projects or being laid off. So yes, the development developmental that. project, the developmental project is no longer in development. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so, all right. Is this news to either of you? 
Now, now, granted, I know we already knew about this because we've talked about it uh, like on Mac Voices Live earlier this week. So what I mean is the fact that that Apple is uh, discontinuing the, the car project completely. Does that surprise either of you? Not one bit. Not completely. Um, I, I've, I've listened to a lot of commentary, read a lot of articles this week. And so, you know, I, I'd let, you'd love to know what the real story was. Um, was, you know, I, I've seen this being everything from a false flag kind of thing or a misdirection um, to, you know, yes, they were actually going to build a hardware car. And it's funny, the people that seem to be so skeptical about it are now sorry it's gone. And the people that are now, you know, were all gung-ho about it, you know, are saying, yeah, it was inevitable. I mean, it's just, the second guessing is amazing. But I, th I think that a couple perspectives I think that are important to keep. Apple did not lose $10 billion. They just invested $10 billion of R&D into something that, according to the popular media, is now not going to see the light of day in the way that the popular media thought that they were working on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't for a second believe that all that research is going to go into scrap heap. I think you're going to see it in CarPlay. I think you're going to see it in AI, in the AI part, because there was no way that AI was not a major part of mm -hmm. the car, the, the Apple car initiative. So, Maybe, you know, you just get different labels slapped on pieces of it, but I just, I, I, I almost think it's a non-event that, mm -hmm. you know, right. And, and in some ways I'm glad because if we, if there ever had been an Apple car, that would have been a whole new direction for Apple and would have been fraught with a lot of, a lot of questions and a lot of second guessing. So I, I like the idea that maybe we won't see that. I really do think we will we will see something though that that relates to the automotive industry and in a bigger way than just entertainment in your car. Well, we're already seeing some of that because we have CarPlay, and CarPlay mm -hmm. Two is going to start showing up in uh, in some cars this year, as I recall. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's that, and we have uh, Tim Cook uh, a few years ago saying if uh, if you want to really learn about AI, the best way to do it is to design a car. So yes, the the investment that they made in the car project is paying off in AI. plus yes, they do have carplay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, um, I mean, some of the money, of course, mm -hmm. is, lost in the sense that work that they did developing drivetrains and and other car hardware specific elements they'll probably never use any of that but the overall investment is i am with you chuck it's going to pay off in other parts of the company yeah um, jeff if i if i can sidetrack it for just a second because i don't want to lose this point and then ben take it but mm -hmm. um if you're not aware some of the recent Honda models now will be receiving wireless CarPlay as a result of a firmware update. You will have to pay for that firmware update. You'll have to go to a dealer to get it installed. Uh, my dealer doesn't, I have a Honda that qualifies, at least as far as I know it qualifies. Mm -hmm. And I'm anxious to it. The dealer isn't prepared to do it just yet. But I thought this was, it didn't receive the attention it should have when it came out. But I thought this was really interesting that at least one manufacturer is going in, you know, a, a bit farther in on CarPlay and offering an upgrade. So, you know, I, I don't quite know where that all fits in, but I feel like it's important to mention that, that that not only is Apple not giving up on CarPlay, but at least one manufacturer is saying, yeah, our customers want this and we're going to give it to them. Which is great. I take care of your customers. Ben, yeah. you had thoughts. We're not entirely sure how far into this project that Apple ever got or w where they were focusing their efforts uh, because um, they were rumored to be uh, hooked up with Hyundai, who had 
that point could have been developing the actual hardware why apple just uh designed the interface and such uh but kind of the stuff that we have heard rumored like the uh they they wanted to be uh basically voice assistant driven slash uh uh, slash self-driving. I, I th- It's to the point where I think it probably became clear to Apple that uh, between current technology and current laws, uh, that likely was not to happen in the near future. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the, uh, uh, the other thing here, I mean, for all the projects that Apple's had in R&D that have never seen the day, uh, we don't know how much money they spent there. Well, that's true. the The ten billion dollar figure is not coming from Apple. Mm-hmm. Good point. But yeah, but this is likely to get uh, moved over to other areas. Um, since most of the development seems to, once again, as rumored, be based on AI. Mm-hmm. That's stuff that's going to be transferred over to other parts of Apple. I and and oh, to be ahead. perfectly honest, I wouldn't be surprised if the Project Titan t- team and the machine learning team were very intertwined. You took the words out of my mouth. Yep, I I have a feeling that's exactly the case. And uh, and now that intertwined element is uh, just focused on AI, not AI and cars. Yeah. So I guess this means I'm keeping my Prius. <laughs> guess I'll have to go buy a CarPlay head to put in it. Come on, Jeff. You want a, You want an ID7? Well, everyone wants an ID7, right? Yeah. Either that yeah, well, or or an X three hundred three. Well, that too, but um, per, personal. I thought there's only one of those ever made, uh, but uh, <laughs> and this is why I love you. Before they went to the the, the BC three hundred four. Um, personally, if I had to wait for a vehicle, it'd be the new Scouts. I haven't even looked at those. So I can't say anything intelligent or clever in response. But I, I'm assuming it's going to be a cool car. Yeah, it will uh definitely uh appeal to us old school international guys. Okay. I can visualize the car, actually, surprisingly. <clears throat> yeah. All I, right. I I drove an international in high school. Yeah. It was great. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. qu- question for you guys, because I'm not a car guy. And Ben, I get the impression you are a lot more than I am. I'm not sure about oh, you. Oh, yeah. Is there any reason that a, a, an, a smart car or an intelligent car or and you know any of that has to be an EV? Is no. there anything that prohibits a gasoline engine or a ca- gasoline-powered car from having those capabilities? Nope. Okay. I didn't think so, but it seems like that's all we've ever heard is EV, EV, EV when it comes to the smart cars. In fact, I mean, I think what you're going to be seeing in the near future, and they're starting to uh, reach the point where they're about in service, is Rage Extended EVs, which... Uh, instead of having the gasoline engine connected directly to the drivetrain, it it uh, charges smaller batteries. Okay. Oh, all right. Um, okay. So in the chat, in in response to the news that Apple, after ten years, is finally canceling the Titan project. His, his comment is, took them long enough, which I think is actually kind of spot on at this point. Yeah, which to me, which to me uh, 
shows probably more it was a about about the AI aspect than it ever was a car. Mm-hmm. And Tim was telegraphing that um, a couple years ago, anyhow. So, all right, uh, Ben, you teased we have breaking news, and uh, so I'll drop the link to the breaking news in the chat, and uh, uh, fill us in, please. Okay, uh, do you remember a couple weeks ago when we were all in a tizzy? about uh apple dropping pwas right yep in the eu yes well uh after talking to the eu uh who was probably ready to to probably said some not very nice things to cupertino uh, mm-hmm. Their their official stance of this is uh, forget it. We're we're we're, we're not changing it at all. Keep your PWAs. I, I'm looking at uh, the uh, the article link that you found, and mm-hmm. I love this out of Apple's statement. We have received requests to continue to offer support for home screen web apps in iOS. Therefore, we will continue to offer the existing home screen web apps capability in the EU. Yeah, we have received requests. I think that means that... that, that uh, yeah, that, that might be the understatement of the century. Yeah. Uh, yep. So... I haven't uh, followed followed this quite as closely as I maybe should have, but Jeff, in the paragraph above the one you just quoted, uh, the statement is made previously. Apple announced plans to remove the home screen apps capability in the EU as part of our efforts to comply with the DMA. Mm-hmm. So, is that just is that Apple spin, or is there a real reason that the home screen apps were going to be a potential? violation of something in the dma it's it's that's a good question it's okay (laughs) it's kind of both and ben says it's a good question okay so enlighten me one of you please all right so the uh the part where where it makes sense for apple to do this from a technology standpoint since you'll be able to put whatever web browser you want on an iPhone in the EU, and it does not have to tie into WebKit. That means that Apple was uh, in a position with with the way the rest of the operating system is designed to not be able to effectively sandbox uh, progressive web apps that are uh, running through alternate browsers. So it posed a security risk that Apple wasn't willing to expose users to. Well, until now. Um, the the uh, other side of it, though, I see as, as a little bit of malicious compliance where Apple's saying, hey, you know, we're giving you what you want, but there's consequences, and this is one of them. And uh, and apparently Apple realized that there were consequences, yeah. and so they have backtracked on that. And... Oh yeah, yeah. The, uh, they totally got called to the teacher to the principal's office. Yeah, I I think so. So at the bottom line, the the if 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 I'm understanding you both, forgive me. I sound like I'm interrogating you. Um, if, if I'm understanding you both. Apple's concern was that that continuing to support the the, uh, the support them would provide would uh, would open up a channel for malicious actors, mm-hmm. and so yeah. the EU the EU pushed back and said, in effect, no, we're happy with you know that channel being open to malicious actors. And Apple said, Apple said, okay, I, I think there's more to it than that. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I, I just I, oversimplified. I agree, but yeah, you know. yeah. So, all yeah, right. I, I, think, I, I think it's. Go ahead, Ben. I think, yeah, I think there's this uh, in this triangle of genuine concern, uh, malicious compliance, and maybe confusion over uh, the the DMA here. Because I think Apple might have cons- 
probably considered uh, web apps as having to be opened up to third-party browsers, which uh, the resolution being what it is, uh, the EU made in no uncertain terms that they could keep allowing web apps exclusively exclusively through WebKit. Which fixes the whole problem right there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Ben, I, I think you're right. I I think that uh, when Apple explained, once it got called to the principal's office, as it were, uh, why pulling PWAs out of uh, being restricted to WebKit was going to be a problem, the EU, they, they were like, oh, wait, 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 wait. That's not what we meant. Yeah, and uh, and with that, then Apple had the fix they needed, so they can just flip the switch back. And uh, when seventeen four rolls out next week, um, then uh, PWAs will continue to function just as they always have, and uh, and that includes under the hood. Yeah, yeah. Th this uh, basically nothing changes is kind of the best resolution of them all to this. Mm -hmm. So again, let me let me make sure I understand you both for for my benefit and the benefit of anybody mm -hmm. listening. So this was not necessarily a capitulation on Apple's part. Maybe it wasn't even a capitulation on on the EU's part, but it was more a redefining or clarification of what the EU wanted to do or what Apple needed to do to maintain mm -hmm. the security. Is, I mean, ultimately, it, we don't know. But what we do know, we do know is ultimately, basically changing nothing, was a option that both Apple and the EU were both living to live with. Okay, I expect we're going to see more situations like this pop up, and uh, and not just involving Apple, but where other companies that are being required to comply with with uh, DMA guidelines do something mm -hmm. and uh, and or take away a feature, whatever. And then the EU comes back and says, whoa, 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 that's that's not what we meant. And yeah, yeah I think there's going to be a lot of those situations where there are repercussions that the EU wasn't counting on and uh, and it gets chalked up to misunderstandings and uh, and then there will be more things that stay the same because of this. Yeah. And I mean, this is ultimately what happens when you bring politicians into technology. I mean, even if they're well-meaning, they do not know operating systems at a technical level. No, and sadly, uh, and and I hate to sound like I'm stereotyping here, but I guess I kind of am. It seems so many politicians don't even have a, a, a rudimentary understanding of the technology that they're trying to regulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's going to be really interesting, because the article that you uh, threw in, and Jeff, then you subsequently threw it into the, the, ch the uh, chat channel, this is a pretty balanced headline from 9 to 5 Mac. Mm -hmm. What's going to be really interesting is to see which websites indicate a capitulation on one party, by one party or the other, or whether they just report you know something a little more even. Because if if your explanations are correct, it sounds like it. I'm hesitant to say misunderstanding, but more of just the EU was not completely understanding what was going on. Apple took steps as you would expect them to to protect users' privacy, and then when the EU growled, Apple went and said, "Well, here's here's what you're asking us to do," and then the EU said, "Oh, okay, that's like you said, Jeff. That's not what we meant." We're hoping that's what was the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I I think at the end of the day, 
Uh, the user is happy. The developer is happy. Apple is happy. I, well, I wouldn't say either Apple or EU are happy. They're willing to live with it. If if neither the EU or Apple are happy, it's probably then, a good deal. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a pretty fair compromise. Yeah, yep. Well, and sometimes it feels like the classic example of you know that it takes two to have an argument. You know, if yeah. if one side doesn't participate, then you can't have the argument. It looks like this one is resolved to the satisfaction of both parties to some degree. There may be a little bit of egg on somebody's face. I'm not even quite sure who. Yeah. And I mean, so. the other part to this, I don't think anybody was really unhappy about the way progressive web apps were working. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They have it. They have their purpose. I mean, if you need anything more, you make a regular web app or, or a regular app. Mm -hmm. And uh, life goes on. Mm -hmm. uh, Bob Beach is making an interesting statement in the chat room. He says, I don't buy this argument that regulators are uninformed. They will have people in their organizations who do understand the technologies. Uh, oh, Bob, watch C-SPAN. <laughs> no, I, I agree that they can have people on, on their staffs that do understand and can help advise. At least in the United States, it seems that, uh, that insight is often coming from lobbyists and there's a large number of people in uh, local state and federal governments in, um, in the United States who have no idea at all. And, uh, and sadly they don't even have the people to back them up and, and get them the information they need nor do they seem to be interested in finding that information. So it's, at least here in the United States, it's a very frustrating situation. And and Bob, you predispose the fact that if, if you're right, if they have people in their organizations that do understand, you presuppose that then the regulators will listen to those people as opposed, as opposed to playing politics. And, and, and those are two pretty big jumps right there. Yeah, it's it's not the best scenario for coming up with with good technology focused regulations. I mean, yeah. sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, and uh, and I think we're going to see a mix out of the DMA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and probably the inevitable DMA copycats, right? Because, uh, yeah, I, I think right now the EU is the test ground. And oh, yeah, this is basically a template law. Yeah. I think you're right. You, then you're going to see, yeah, command C, command V right, right, all over the world. Mm hmm. Oh, man. Yes. And, uh, and wait for it to get like really weird. Um, in places like here in the United States, where where uh, states have a level of is sovereignty a word actually? Uh, it, the the official term for the United States is dual sovereignty. There we go. Yes. All right. Yep. So yep. Um, California, they come up with their version of the DMA. And then, um, and then New York comes up with their own version, and then, and then Virginia or Illinois or yeah. Colorado. And if you, yeah, and if you don't think if that thing sounds far fetched, it's already happening with uh, auto regulations and emissions. Mm -hmm. Well, which state was it that I don't even remember now because it was so stupid? But um, which state was it that tried to ban TikTok? Uh, uh, several Montana or Minnesota. 
Yeah, I mean, Montana, so one state tried. Yeah, one state tried to, and whether 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 the the idea is a good idea, that's a whole other discussion. But just somebody said, oh, okay, in our state, we're not going to allow users to use TikTok. Completely unenforceable. Completely, you know, tone deaf mm -hmm. on what the implications would be of trying to enforce that. You know, and so you talk about play, politicians playing politics with technology. Yeah, that sounded great. You know, yeah, the TikTok is hurting our children, so therefore we're going to ban it. But we have no idea how we're ever going to accomplish that. So, yep, I think our point is made. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So tied into the DMA, uh, MacPaw, they announced that uh, the beta version of their uh, set up mobile store in the EU is getting ready to launch. And uh, and I bring this up because British Tech Network, so we have a lot of listeners in the EU. And mm -hmm. uh, especially next next door in Ireland. Mm hmm. So uh, this one I'm actually uh, really interested in seeing. There are. Uh, alternate app stores that I'm not actually that interested in, like the 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 inevitable gaming stores, like Epic launching their own store. Because, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it, uh, for a company like Epic, the purpose of having their own app store outside of Apple's is not to offer customers a uh, 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 a nice alternative it's to be able to completely screw over their customers and their developers without having to share a cut with apple um whereas with uh macpaw and setup this is a company that uh, that curates apps that are useful and uh, and typically are quality and then you get access to all of these for a monthly subscription. And they've had a kind of workaround thing for being able to put apps on iOS. But uh, now, at least in the EU, it won't be a workaround anymore. They'll be able to do it directly. And what I'm hoping is that this works well, and this becomes a model for the other stores that, that will follow. And uh, and then inevitably, when this becomes a thing that we see in other countries, mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, ho hopefully this this is the the good model that companies yeah. will follow. Yeah, I mean, th this is the kind of company with the, uh, you know, the kind of the eye for quality, where you kind of hope that Apple will go like, okay, we will allow a limited number of very trusted app stores in all markets. Because SetApp, I do not have any concerns of malware getting through. In fact, I have more concerns about malware getting through in the app store than I do with SetApp. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. I mean, with setup, mm -hmm. it's a much smaller uh, collection of of titles that they're dealing yeah. with, because they're they're choosing who to partner with. Whereas with the App Store, anyone can become a developer and put their put their titles on the App Store. Mm -hmm. um, so Apple has a much larger and much more complex task with vetting those apps. Yeah. So I think this is really an interesting situation here because SetApp has proven itself. SetApp is, as far as I know, is the only app store, if you can call it that, um, but I guess it's the term we've settled on, mm -hmm. for Mac apps that really has survived. There were a few others, but I don't know of any of them that continue to operate today. Uh, and the only one I can think of is Bodega that I specifically remember. So, Bodega. yeah, you remember that? I do now. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so now we have, you know, we have all these app stores and Jeff, your characterization, I think was pretty good uh, about, you know, some of the motivations behind the folks that want to set some up. Now we have set up getting into it. If they use the same model here, it addresses Ben's concerns. And Ben, I, I agree with you. You know, I think that the likelihood of malware getting through setup is less, as Jeff said, because we have a lot less apps to, you know, to, to look at. Where I think it's going to get interesting is because this is now, it, it solves the problem of somebody saying Apple is a monopoly. It controls all my, all the apps going into iOS. So now setup can curate what they want and reject you know the the 2500 flashlight apps that aren't worth anything that and it might be malware ridden so yeah. you know I, I i like this i like this idea it just is is it's really interesting apple could not have done what setup does yeah because they would have been sued now somebody like setup can do exactly this and Apple also is, you know, it, it offers a certain level of protection, I think, for Apple. So I, I, you know, I applaud Mac Paul. I'm anxious to see it come to the U.S. I'm anxious to see what apps get included because I know the ones that I, I think are super useful. Um, I also know the ones that have good reputations that I have no use for. So it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, to be perfectly honest, there are two companies in this in the world right now where I think Apple should very much consider letting them globally uh, operate. The number one is setup. Number two is Valve Steam Store. Because that is the place where gamers get games. You know, okay. that I could see where that would help Apple in the gaming market. Um, at, at least on laptop and desktop, mm -hmm. because Apple has proven time and again that while they may want the Mac to be a uh, a legit or recognized as a legit gaming platform, they just can't seem to pull it off. And it's I think it's because Apple yeah. really doesn't get the gaming space, but partner yeah. with someone who does. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not only the Mac, but iOS, iPad OS, and TV OS, and Vision OS. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, there there are games that have recently launched on the App Store that I honestly have not gotten because I mean, with the Steam, you only not get you you don't only get it on the Mac you get it on other platforms as well. Mm-hmm. And um, mm -hmm. the idea and... of being able to, to buy an app once and then, or a game once, and then play yeah. it on multiple platforms, to me is, uh, as a casual gamer, seems like a, a, a great thing. Because yeah. there are games that you may want to play a lot, but not always sitting at your desk. Yeah. And I mean, just imagine this. Um, let's just say you're a PC gamer. You also have an iPhone and an iPad. Well, Steam comes to all Apple platforms, all your game library... Uh, you know, the, the the companies will now see reasons to port those over. You get uh, everything that's in your PC library over to Apple platforms. Then you're like, okay, I already have an iPhone or and an iPad. That, that MacBook Pro is looking pretty sweet now. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, okay, Ben, you just hit on the big thing for for getting that acceptance, mm -hmm. which is you need developer buy-in. Yeah, and, you need and, developer buy-in. 
and you need Apple to realize that some partnerships are going to be mutual ben- mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what else is mutually beneficial? TSO host. TSO host. Why would I possibly say that just out of the blue like that? Well, it's because it's true, and it was really great opportunity for for a fun segue. So here's the deal: TSO hosts they uh, they offer web hosting services. They uh, help you buy domain names, and they they just have solid servers, and your website doesn't go down just randomly, and all the stuff that you want in a web hosting company and what they're doing is taking the stuff they do so well and so reliably and giving it to us here at the british tech network so they're giving us the bandwidth to live stream shows every single week like we're doing right now and they're giving us uh, the hosting space we need so there's a place with a website to live so you can go and uh, and see what's going on in the british tech network and find the shows that you want to watch or listen to later on and when you do find those shows the reason that you can download them and listen to them is because tso host is giving us the server space we need so there's a place where all the show files to live the resources it takes to do everything that we're doing is kind of crazy and it would take a lot more to bring all that together than we are capable of doing on our own so tsa host is being incredibly generous and uh, and saying hey you guys are awesome you gals are awesome you people are awesome there we go i would i man i went from way too exclusive to to completely inclusive which is where i should have started from anyhow they're saying you people are awesome and uh, and we want to give back to the community and we're going to do that through you so we appreciate just how incredibly generous TSO host is being and uh, just by being here to support us so thank you TSO host all right so i said it now it's your turn hop out on social media and thank TSO host for being here and supporting the british tech network just let them know that you appreciate that they are here helping us out at super easy to do a very small ask and uh, and a little thank you goes a long way so please go and give them some online love um if it turns out though that you have a domain name that you just can't do without like um like like gosh can i come up with something clever today um uh, Chuck Joyner, ladiesman.com. I love it. Yes. Um, we need that domain name. And TSO Host makes it easy to buy. And uh, and their prices are good too. So there you go. Here's what you can do if you're ready to buy domain names. Go find that domain name. Get it in your cart. If you need to add web hosting to it, go ahead and add in a hosting package as well, whatever. But then be sure you add the discount code BTN20. And when you do that, you're going to get 20% off your order. So not only are you getting a good deal anyhow, but you're getting a special discount just because you're part of the BTN family. So thank you again, TSO Host, for being here and supporting us and being so generous. And... Here's where karma kicks in, because I always ask Patrice to help me out with uh, talking about the live chat, and she can't be here with us today, so we're going to see if I can get through this and do it with the right links. So I think I have the right links. Okay, we have a live chat, and uh, and uh, this is where today... Uh, Bob Beach is being wonderfully chatty. Thank you, Bob. Seriously, thank you, Bob. And uh, and so he's able to interact with us in real time, as is everyone else that participates in the live chat. Where do you find that? Go to chat.britishtechnetwork.com. And, uh, and from there, you can get into the live chat. And... And chat with all of us, chat with Bob, see Ben's uh, 
always expected and always welcome links link and uh, and also the links to the articles we talk about and the links to the cool things that we are about to talk about so uh, that that's where you go find that chat.britishtechnetwork.com um but if you are someone that is not able to tune in live but but you don't want to miss out so you want to see all those links and what the chat was when the whole show is live well for that go to britishtechnetwork.com/chat and i think i've got the the links right if not i will hear about it later and uh, and then i will make self-deprecating jokes about my inability to uh, to actually get through the whole chat discussion thing all right so let's just for a moment pretend like i got the links right and uh, and so you're there you see this this really nice looking calendar patrice did a lot of work to bring all this together so thank you patrice uh, find the calendar find the date for the show that you are um, watching or listening to so for today's mac show that would be march 1st first 2024 because it, it uh, was a leap year this year so um yeah march 1st 2024 click on that and then you'll see the transcript of uh of the chat so you can find all those links and everything and um i think that's it did i successfully uh, bumble my way through the whole chat thing yep I was following along and you did it correctly, Jeff. You have no idea how how stupid, just difficult that is for me to get through. And this is this is not rocket science. This is not like landing a spacecraft on the moon. It's just me remembering a couple links and telling you to go there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Though we, we do often also end up uh on our side after this oh yeah that's fair that's totally fair yep oh, okay so go me i i made it through it all right that means it's time for cool things and uh mm -hmm. and ben you have yours in the chat already so tell us about your cool thing okay Okay, who, how many people have seen Lawrence of Arabia? Yeah, where the spice flows. Yeah, right? Yes. Yes, well, Dune to Part 2 is basically Lawrence of Arabia in space. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been very well received, including uh, by the Herbert family themselves. Okay, that's a positive sign. Yeah, it, yeah, it's supposedly even better than part one. Which was pretty good. And um, just to be clear, uh, this isn't, uh, this is just the second half of the original Frank Herbert's Doom, Dune. Not Doom, Dune. Right, Dune on the yeah. screen, Doom playable on every conceivable device. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, part th I mean, part three and part four will be presumably Messiah and Children of Dune. Mm -hmm. But this is basically the second part of uh, Emperor Polytrades' origin story. Nice. Yep. So you will see a lot of great actors in this, including the amazing Christopher Walken, as the emperor, as he should be. Also nice. Yep. Um, from what I understand, uh, Elvis himself, Austin Butler, is fantastic as uh, Fade Rafa. Mm hmm. Um, I mean, you'll pretty much get. Uh, and they do make some changes from the books, from but from what I understand, 
Uh, they are keeping with the vision and make and end up making uh, Paul a far more, uh, shall we say, nuanced uh, protagonist. I I enjoyed the first movie. Um, it was so much easier to follow than um, uh, David Lynch's Dune. Mm -hmm. Okay, to be fair, I wasn't chemically altered when I watched this Dune. <laughs> so, but right. I mean, yeah, it it is a more grounded uh, uh, adaptation of the story. Cool. And uh, um, when when did you say it hits theaters? Now. Oh, right now. Oh, oh. Now, today. Oh. Okay. It's in. Th you can. You can. In fact, just go right after after the show today. Okay. Cool. All right. I'm clearly off on my time scales here. Yeah. So, which uh, reminds me, checking Phoenix theaters. Yeah. All right. I told you. I told you, Jeff. That twenty ninth day messes everybody up. It does. It really yeah. does. All right. So Dune Part Two is out today, and um, I am champing at the bit to see it. Um, okay. So Chuck, you're a cool thing. So I want to try to cost you a little money, but I do mean just a little money. Um, and so we're going from high tech to to kind of low tech. Um, I've been doing a little bit of work around the house, uh, rearranging things, re changing some things up, changing out some pictures. Ooh. And I don't know about you, but it's oh, I, nothing annoys me more than a than a, a picture that's off level. But mm -hmm. getting them level can be a challenge, especially if you're just one person trying to hang them. So I, I've I've had levels for a long time, but they've always been the big long ones that are more mm -hmm. suited for carpentry. I came across this. This is a torpedo, magnetic torpedo level. Okay, um, it is. There's a there's a little magnets magnetic strip on that side. Um, you've got you know plumb. You've got level. You've got right angle. Um, it is super light because it's plastic. So I can if I if it's magnetic, great. If not, I can just sit this on top of a picture, and then adjust it accordingly. Now, this sounds like a little thing, but this is, I was just delighted with this. Um, and right now, uh, th the price for this, for two of them, so you can have one upstairs and one downstairs, is $5.99 on Amazon. So it's not a lot of money, but it's one of those things that just really delighted me to find, and it solved a problem that I was having um, for not a lot of money. So yeah, it's it's small. It may not apply to you, but if you just want to walk around and check how level your countertops are or whatever, for $5.99, you can have two of these. I haven't really tried it, tried, but I think it's going to be pretty much indestructible because it's plastic unless I just do my best to try to break it. So add this to your toolbox or your tool drawer or whatever you have, and you will never be off level again. The reason I'm not answering you is because I was clicking place order. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I thought you might. So at least, uh, at least your stuff won't be off level. Us, uh, I cannot guarantee anything. Good point, yeah. Ben. Good point. And uh, same situation for me, Chuck. I have my my big <clears> long <throat> level. Oh my god, the live stream just came back to life. <laughs> it. It kind of threw me because, you know, there's that uh, about half a second latency. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm talking and all of a sudden I'm talking. And, and... Yeah. Okay. But well, yeah, um, for a lot of tasks, this is a far more practical uh, tool than the big yellow uh, wind meter level that most of us think of. Right. Yeah. Which is what I use. All the time mm -hmm. yeah and then you end up knocking things over as you're trying to level something else mm -hmm. and you know this for just so the folks know this is only six inches long 
Um, so it's, and it's again, super lightweight. So it's like an ideal thing for household. Now, if you're in construction or serious carpentry, yeah, you're going to need that one meter level. Most of us are going to be just fine with this. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. Well then my turn, I might cost you a little bit more, but only if you have the specific need. Um, so, uh, mine is a, um, desk clamp uh, <coughs> little tray for holding your mouse oh okay so this this one there's a ton of them on amazon um but this one is the vivo desk clamp adjustable computer mouse pad and device holder extended rotating platform tray fits up to two inch desktops white platform black padding mount dash mso1aw just rolls off your tongue um, so here's the deal. I, uh, I use my MacBook pro in closed lid mode, but I like being able to do, uh, tap and gesture stuff. Um, which means that I would have to have the lid open, which also means I'd have to put my laptop on the other <clears throat> side so that I could get the trackpad with my left hand. Easier solution, magic <clears throat> trackpad. So... Um, that was sitting on top of my desk for a long time, and I have a keyboard tray. So my keyboard tray is at the right height for typing and mousing, and it's also where my trackball is. And so moving my hand up on top of the desk, out too high, and also the edge of the desk would kind of uh, put pressure on the nerves and tendons, and that was just kind of sucky. So I got this. It lowers my uh, my trackpad down so that it's just a little bit higher than my keyboard tray. And that's fine. So I can do all the trackpad stuff with the trackpad at a more appropriate level. Now, when you look at all the photos and everything, it shows how easy it is to just spin it around and get it out of the way. None of these really do that reliably so just be aware of that when you get this <clears throat> set it up get the tray positioned where you want it and then just leave it alone and it's fine yeah. um it is not something designed to hold a ton of weight so ben don't let your cats sit on it it might uh, be fine. yeah i, can, I, yeah, I can't not. stop them from doing anything i appreciate that yep uh so far Cat has not shown an interest in trying to sit on this, which which is good. But there's <laughs> there's you know magic trackpad on it. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the the second you you said the word mousing, someone got very interested in that. That's fair. So, but anyhow, I've improved the my whole ergonomic setup with a twenty five dollar purchase, and yeah. it's it's working well. Yep. the The only question I have. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to research this is if uh, anyone has a uh, an extended mouse pad version of this. Um, I, the answer might be yes. I, th I think I saw something like that when I was researching. Um, mm -hmm. So this one, the tray is plastic mm -hmm. and they the I think it's the same company. They make one where it's wood. For the platform instead of plastic that one is supposed to be uh even more uh robust i guess and um, in retrospect i probably should have gotten that one but this is doing what i need and 25 dollars was a uh for me was a reasonable experiment oh and, yeah i found uh, it i'll put that in the chat room too awesome Awesome. So. I, I I can't attest to to this product, but I can attest to Vivo. Um, they make some really great stuff, some really clever oh, things no, for attaching to your to your desk uh, and making your life just a little bit easier. And they're the Jeff, they're the kind of things just like you said, you don't really think about needing it until you see it. And it's like, oh, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Very yeah, nice. and with <clears throat> excuse me, with my desk, um, 
so much of what I have is actually clamped to the edges anyhow, which it gets it, it gets all that stuff up and off the desk. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, like if you look behind Chuck, you can see his speakers are mounted up high. Mm -hmm. Same thing for me. Put them on arms, lift them up, and the platforms get them up off the desk. And yeah. Anyhow, so this was an experiment and it has turned out nice. <clears throat> and oh, see, the wooden version of this costs less now than when I was looking. So thank you for putting yeah, a link yeah, there's in. A, um, yeah, in, there's only like a five buck yeah. version now or a difference now. Yeah. And it, it uh, when I looked, this was only a couple weeks ago. Um, it was it was more. So, all right. So the link that Ben put in to the to the wooden version, this is what I would recommend getting. And um, now I kind of wish I hadn't thrown out the box for this one already, because I could send it back and get get the. Uh, the one that's five dollars more and is made out of wood. So what's I'm I'm trying to understand what's the difference other than just the material. It looks at least the picture looks a little thicker, the wood one, but yeah, it's so larger. The, the platform itself is oh, it's wood larger. instead of plastic. So it's more rigid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's more rigid. It's also uh about an inch, inch and a half uh wider and deeper mm, okay got it i like the one you found better ben i mean it's the same company and uh so i guess what i should say since i'd seen this already i like this price better all right well with that um it's time to wrap up so thank you to both of you for being here today <clears throat> and helping me muddle my way through the show. And, um, excuse me. And, um, Chuck, the, the, the note you found about this being frequently returned, what I have found when I was doing my research is all of them are frequently returned. Oh really? Oh, yeah, interesting. Every single one of them, mm -hmm. and uh, and I think, in many cases, it's because they expect these to to rotate freely, so they can just like spin it under their desk, and <clears throat> even though they're advertised to be able to do that, it's not as uh, I wouldn't recommend doing it. I mean, I I did it a couple times with mine, and then decided that was too much of a pain. Yeah. Plus, to be perfectly honest, I wonder how many of these people are using a cheap, thin little desk. Oh, I could see where that would be a problem, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I have a nice big slab of bamboo. Well, my other one there is about a quarter of an inch. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the desk you attach any, any of this stuff to. <laughs> It makes a difference. Yeah. All right. So with that, thank you to both of you for being so awesome and uh, and making my Friday so much better. Um, yeah, it's great to get to hang out with you. And uh, so with that, Chuck, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at macvoices.com. That's where, believe it or not, we are still releasing CES interviews. Um, that will probably finally come to an end this coming week, but there's still a few there. Um, and don't don't think that because these are the last ones that they're not worth watching. Because the, as, as I've tried to explain so many times that I release them in the order they're recorded. So if you're on the third day of CES, when I get to you, then you're going to be at the tail end, but that doesn't mean they're any of us interesting or or informative. Um, so we do the live show Monday, uh, Tuesday nights, excuse me, uh, at YouTube.com/slash MacVoicesTV with Jeff and Ben and some other of our friends. We'd love to have you stop by, and on all the socials, you can find me as at Chuck Joiner. Thank you, awesome. Jeff. Awesome. 
And Ben, where can people find you? Well, Jeff, you can find me at Ben Raythig on your social media of choice. Raythig.tech for my writings. On uh, Tuesday, you can find me on the aforementioned Mac Forces Live with Chuck Joyner. On Thursday nights, you can find me on In Touch with iOS with the absent due to work considerations, uh, Mr. Dave Ginsburg. And of course, every Thursday and Friday here on uh, the British Tech Network. Awesome. And I really am glad both of you are here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to when when um, all our other regulars are able to hop back in. Patrice, Dave, Will, Ewan, everyone. Or in this case, our other irregulars. Fair. Totally fair assessment. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh, for me, I'm Jay Gamut on social media. I'm active right now on Mastodon, Instagram, and Threads. And... Uh, then for shows, Chuck lets me join in on Mac Voices Live on Tuesdays. Thanks for that. And uh, and Dave Ginsburg, who isn't able to join us today, uh, he lets me join in on In Touch With iOS on Thursdays. Then here on the British Tech Network, the big show on Thursdays, the Mac show on Fridays. And then Brian Chaffin and I, we also do The Context Machine. So with that, thank you again to both of you for being here. Thank you to everyone that is watching or listening live. You are all awesome. Everyone that watches or listens to the shows later on, thank you for being part of the BTN family as well. You are awesome as well. And uh, thank you to TSO hosts for being here and supporting us. Give them some online love, please. And speaking of love, you have to love the daily news show. So please check that out if you're not already five minutes and kyle is just amazing at giving you the tech news that you need and it's ready and waiting for you when you get up in the morning um also it takes some extra money to keep that show running so please please um send money into that um there's a button on the btn website where just click it and you can make a donation. If you're doing at least a dollar a month, you will be doing a lot to help keep the show running. But uh, if you can afford more, do more. Um, also, hey, Ewan, thank you for being you. Muller, thank you for making sure we have people for shows. And um, I think that's all the stuff. I'm pretty sure. Well, come in, come back next week. You hear? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Chuck, break out the banjo, and I and I will sing the <laughs> the uh, the end theme. You all come back now. You hear? And um, so, next Thursday the big show, next Friday the Mac show, and uh, for those of you that tuned in today. And the live stream kept cutting out. Sorry about that. Patrice isn't here to figure out what was going on. I have a feeling it may have been uh, something between the United States and the UK. Because uh, uh, I, I, it looked like I was having some sort of weird connection issue. But anyhow, we're all here. It's all good. Yeah, the, the good news is we're refunding every cent you paid today. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yep. Um, no, no, no. Right. we were refunding every cent you paid to us today. There we go. More Thank you for yes, the you, clarification. You just saved a lawsuit. <laughs> yep. All right. So with that, uh, we'll stay lawsuit free. Everyone have an awesome weekend, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>